Welcome. To Arcade Audio. Who'd have believed you'd come along? Hand. Touching hands. Reaching out. Touching me. Touching you. Welcome to this week's episode of Married with Movies. I'm one of your hosts, Samantha Mullet. Sitting next to me on the couch is your other host, my beautiful husband, Chris Mullet. God, I'm funny. <laughs> Where do my pens go? I don't know. Where do my pens are gone? Are they in the freezer? Pens. No. I already took a shit. It's going to be so out of context for people who don't know what that means. Back in college, uh, in our apartment, if you put a pen in the freezer... That For whatever meant, reason. That meant somebody was taking a shit. Yeah, not, but but not you couldn't tell. Or I think it was like I think it was like a euphemism, you know, like like dropping the kids off at the pool. Like one time someone was like, I will put the pens in the freezer, and then like we just started putting pens in the freezer because we like to waste resources. Because once you put a pen in the freezer, it doesn't fucking work right. <laughs> I but like I don't understand like how was that supposed to work? Like were you just supposed to go check the freezer to make sure nobody's like, pooping or? Hmm, something smells like shit. Well, I guess I better go check the freezer to see, confirm if someone's defecating. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, you guys I, are really weird college kids. What are you talking about? Nothing weird ever happened in the cockpit. <laughs> the cockpit. No. Do it? Nope. No, that's Do right. it. Nope. Do it. Cockpit. You're so bad. Um... It is Monday. It's not the best name of an apartment I ever named. Went to a housewarming party for a friend in college. Well, this is fun while it lasted. We were at a housewarming party for a friend in college, and they had, like, a competition on, like, who could name the place. And for whatever reason, I was just in a bad mood that day. Like, I didn't like the people at the party. Um, I think, yeah, I don't remember what it was. But, um... I think mine won, and then we named the place The Bone Store. <laughs> I don't even remember why it came up. And it was so stupid, so when we named That's our really apartment, weird. we're like, well, what are we going to name? And I'm like, well, we're a bunch of douchebags. We're a bunch of just dicks. We're, we're cocks. It's a pit of cocks. The cockpit. That's how it became known as a cockpit. Yes, it is Monday, July 31st, 2017. Oh, my God. We were recording like a three full days before this episode. is scheduled to air. It's yeah, amazing. it's still not going to be ready. Uh, I'm going to edit tomorrow. Or Are you? Are you, though? I don't know. Well, again, I've been doing pretty good the past, like, three weeks of, like, not having to really edit because we've been tight. We've been succinct, and Jillian's already cried. I don't know what bullshit you were talking about. I kept hearing, like, Excuse I just me. farted, and then I yawned. It sounds like fucking Mama was, Cass is recording in here. I was narrating. <laughs> I was narrating. I said, this part, stuff's probably not going to even make the air. Well, fart, burp, cough. Jillian's gonna cry again. Like, um, 
we are back on the show, which if you're new to the podcast, what we do every single week is we uh, either randomly draw movies out of our box to watch or we nominate movies to watch back and forth. Mm-hmm. Kind of on a sports streak as of right now. Yeah, I'm so um, excited. Hopefully it's going to end, you know, cleanse palate. Even though I'm trying, I have, I'm backlogged on the current 30 for 30, so I just finished watching uh-huh. uh, one today. And I'm almost done with the first part of the Lakers versus Celtics one, which is very, very good. Um... So yeah, so we have two 30 for 30s to discuss today, because like I said, we are going to be going through those. Um, yeah. Hopefully they're going to be a little bit sporadic, you know, hopefully we don't draw two more or one more out today. We're going to tackle them as they come up, and if they're similar thematic, then um, we are going to just kind of fuse them together to save time, because this basically was an hour and 40 minutes. It felt like a lot longer than that. Uh-huh. Over the course of two days. Well, it shouldn't for you, because you slept through about one and a half of them. Um, so today's podcast is also going to be short, because Samantha is a little wuss and couldn't stay awake for him. Okay. Um, Excuse me. Excuse me. I get half the amount of sleep that you do. That's incredibly untrue, but... That's not untrue. I don't want to get into a legitimate argument, so let's just keep okay. moving on. But we probably will. No, because... Yeah, because I'm the one who wakes up in the night, and I'm the one who gets up every fucking morning. Say I'm wrong. Uh, you fall asleep okay. on the couch pretty much around this time every night, and I let you sleep, um, and I continually try to wake you up. Until okay, you, you say that, but I don't think that that's true. Oh, it's very At much all, true. Because it's when incredibly you, no, true. No, it's not. Because yeah, when you want true. to, you do. I think that you just let me sleep, so then you can just nag me about it. No, I For much... going forward forever. No, no, yeah, because... Yeah, yeah, because no. I, I don't... You don't try to get me up, because if you try, then you would. Okay, fair enough. We did have massive babysitting duty this past weekend. Uh, we were full-blown Mary Poppins. We're Mary Poppins, y'all! We can finally make that reference, even though we could have made that reference, and hopefully you get that reference. If you don't, then you will, eventually. Um, and from that, we didn't do anything but catch up on movies we missed in theaters. Mm-hmm. Uh, we finally, major accomplishment in my life, we finally watched the Lego Batman movie. Almost didn't happen. <laughs> Again. God, did they, both kids try their best. <laughs> <laughs> and then there was an issue with the playback, so it finally, finally, finally happened. We now own it as well. We broke Married in the Movies protocol. We, we were watched kind of in the process of watching it while we bought we, it. We got like forty-five seconds in once. Well, because it had given us trouble. And it was, and it was on sale for ten bucks. Couldn't pass that up. And I knew I was going to love it, and I did love it. I thought it was awesome, uh, hilarious, great uh, homage to everything Batman. Fun, had good heart, had great performances, was awesome, awesome, awesome. I want to go back and watch it. Like, um, it's one of the movies I want to go back and watch immediately to catch everything that I missed. Yeah. Because there's so many, like, Easter eggs that I know. Like, I was trying to pay attention to, but I had fucking two infants here, so it was impossible. Yeah, it was fairly difficult. Um, and then afterwards, we were keeping the movie train rolling. Something I don't know if we discussed we wanted to see on the podcast. Um, but we watched Passengers. I think we did speak of it. I don't know if we... Sp- I think we discussed about how it's, it had bad reviews, so we're like, okay, well, we're not going to see that. Well, no, well, it wouldn't matter, because we had a one-month-old... Well, yeah, I know. Out. I mean, it was negated, but... Yeah. 
Um, so we watched it. I didn't think it was bad. I didn't think it was bad at all. I enjoyed, I enjoyed it. it. Did it have blatant flaws? Yes. Was it completely not what I thought it was going to be based on those trailers? Yeah. And I think that's what a lot of the problems of it were. Like, I remember, like, not reading stories, but, like, hearing of stories about, you know, the misconception on what right. the film is. Right. And it being an issue. So I kind of had that going in, but I didn't know explicitly what it was going to be. But I also had the, the preconceived notion of, well, this was, like, 31% of Rotten Tomatoes. People didn't like this, so my expectations were lower than what they were. Like, I think if I saw this in theaters, you know, like, opening weekend or like in like the actual theaters, I wouldn't have been very happy. I'd really? like, well, whatever. Mm. But like watching it now, I liked it. You know, it's, it's two different movies. Like the first hour is something and the second hour is something. Mm. Um, it was good, dumb, mindless fun. You know? Yeah. I, will we buy it? If I get it like cheap enough, maybe we'll do it on the podcast one day. Yeah. But, Besides that, I'm glad, I'm glad we watched it. Me too. You know? I, I, I liked it. I had higher hopes for it. I thought it was going to be like this big tentpole fucking yeah. like next major thing. No, it was just a, a fucking, um, just another movie. Um, did we start watching something else that day and got interrupted? I don't remember. I don't think so. I don't think so. No, because I don't think that there was another thing we both agreed on. Right, 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 right. Okay, cool. Um, so yeah, so that's uh, catching up on that. Let's dive right into what we did watch. Um, when two of the most exciting things. Um, I drew them, so I read it. No, you read I them. Read. You read them. We watched uh, four days in October uh, this past Saturday, and then we watched the House of Steinbrenner this past Sunday. So there are those for you to read. I actually think we watched the first one on Friday night. I don't think we watched a movie on Saturday night. Uh, this uh, podcast movie on Saturday night. I, I don't remember. Oh, no, it is Saturday because Friday we were at Matt and Carly. Yes, we yes. We watched it Thursday. No, we watched it Saturday. Positive. Okay. okay. So, Four Days in October, produced by Major League Baseball Productions. When the night of October 16, 2004, came to a merciful end, the curse of the Bambino was alive and well as the New York Yankees extended their ALCS lead to three games to none over the Boston Red Sox. But the cold October winds of change began to blow, and over four consecutive days and nights, this determined Red Sox team miraculously won four straight games to overcome the inevitability of their destiny. And then The House of Steinbrenner, directed by Barbara Koppel. Two-time Oscar-winning filmmaker Barbara Koppel, Harlan County, USA, documents the historic final days at the old Yankee Stadium, the opening of the new stadium and the passage from the George Steinbrenner era to the House Steinbrenner era, accumulating in the Yankees' 27th World Championship. Cool. Uh, So you referenced it. Um, when we drew the films and I told you they were about baseball, you were, you were fucking pumped. Um, and again, you were predominantly asleep during the House of Steinbrenner, so I don't expect you to, to add a lot in terms of that conversation. But there really isn't a lot to add in that conversation. Um, so like I said, I'd already seen Four Days in October before. 
um, kind of a, not a controversial 30 for 30, but that 30 for 30, and I forget the other one, is it Once twi- uh, Once Brothers? Yeah. So they're the two of the original set of 30 for 30s that were produced or directed not by a person. They were done by, like, Major League Baseball Productions, and then Once Brothers was done by NBA Entertainment. Um, and if you've watched sports documentaries for fucking anything ever, you know, those documentaries have um have been done forever. Like, you know, mm-hmm. they've been... They're always on television. Um, even before they each had individual networks, there's certain level like they feel like television documentaries and a lot of the charm of 30 for 30 documentaries is they were done by professional filmmakers you know not even documentary filmmakers one of the early ones was peter berg doing the wayne gretzky one which we'll get to eventually out of the box Mm -hmm. um so for both of these they feel just like something you watched on fucking television and they don't feel as special Right. There's nothing, like, there's not a good twist or a creative bone in them besides, you know, their subject matter. Um, did you feel that at all, or are you not kind of as inclined? It's all, if I haven't seen it, it's new to me. Basically, but I'm not very much into the documentary thing, so it didn't really feel... Much different. I mean, I enjoyed the 40s in October. I could see the... It's a more compelling story right out of the gate. Well, yeah. And also, you coming from knowing me (laughs) and knowing, like, my tortured sports history. Anyone who struggles with that. Yeah. And even and even without that, mm-hmm. you knew um, even if like that like the Cubs last year was such a big story. Mm-hmm. Do you remember this happening? I think you, like the beginning. It's like when was this? And I said like we were seniors in high school. But do you remember? You don't like recall no, I don't this? Remember this? No, because that's so crazy to me. To just like not even like be like I wasn't even aware of it because I wasn't even aware of I, I mean I was aware of sports obviously just I wasn't gonna, into sports until I met you that was going to lead into my question so like let's say your entire life let's say like like from your child up through high school does is there any like sports stories that you remember that resonate that like stand out to you and I don't mean like fucking OJ or I don't mean like but I mean like things that like crossed into mainstream news because they were mainstream news stories that happened to feature sports figures. I mean, like, uh, like I'm trying to think of an example, even. Pretty like much Michael Jordan uh, trying out for baseball. baseball. Okay. okay. But it There's wasn't, actually a, a 30 for 30 on that. But it wasn't, like, a huge thing. It was like, okay, Michael Jordan trying out for baseball... Mm-hmm. And then that time with Space Jam. Space Jam. Like, really, like, Every that example. was, like, the main, the main thing, I mean, that I can remember, I really, really wasn't into sports. My family's not very into sports mm-hmm. at all. It's not something that, I mean, the only sport we're really into, High Lie. We went to High Lie. Every example I was going to bring up. Because like, my family's English. They don't follow, really, American true. sports and things. Every example I was going to bring up still, I was like, well, what about Nancy Kerrigan? I'm like, well, I'm just like yeah, you know Nancy Kerrigan because oh, yeah. it's a fucking main story. I was going to bring up, uh, like, 
like the Olympic bombings or like you no, know. I mean that stuff, yeah, but like Magic Johnson, like revealing he has AIDS or, or HIV, I should say. Well, that so, like, I knew and I was very familiar with because I yeah. did HIV prevention and stuff like that. I worked with all of that in what high school. What I was saying was I, I kept I kept anything up just with... main sports and just like sports only things. It's, it's I wasn't so really crazy. into. I knew in high school when the Heat won NBA championship and Pat Riley was there and they had a big you parade. You were in college when the Heat won their first championship. Sure. So then that was my <laughs> summer after my freshman year because I was at summer camp and I just remember that. And I remember them having a big parade for it. I mean, that's it. Yeah. Like, like... My, the and Marlins? I, you were in Miami for both Marlins championships. Sure. <laughs> to tie it back into baseball. So it's like yeah. nothing? That's crazy. No, but... Because nobody in my life at that point really followed sports. Or my, okay. You know, minorly. But, but the film does a good job, in your eyes, of, like, making you understand the importance. And granted, it's only 51 minutes, so, like... Well, yes, and I and I think that it was well done because I watched a lo- I watched the, um, that Akron documentary. So, again... That made... It's, like you I know, said so, earlier. I mean, really, it's because I compare it to you, and I compare it to... The things that I've seen with you, mm-hmm. and I'm like, okay, that 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 was well done. It's inherently a more relatable story of the tortured sports franchise. I think one of the problems I had, yeah. not one of the problems, but like narratively speaking, why House of Steinbrenner fails a little bit is because the first 15, 20 minutes of the film is everyone emotionally um, coming to grips with the fact that the original Yankee Stadium is going away, and it's so it's such an important mecca for these people for generations and generations, which is a great sentiment and it's beautiful, but it's, yeah. all, but it also like they had so many great memories in that time okay. that it's like, congratulations, you know, you had like 20 championships in this building. Right. But, and also like, I just couldn't connect with anybody from that because yeah, sure. It's emotional. Cause now you're not going to get to go to this place anymore, but the House of Steinbrenner had a bunch of whiny, s- shitty people. Well, I don't think that they did a very good job of setting that emotional stage beforehand. They tried to do it during. So they yeah. kind of set up what was happening, and then they're like, here's why everyone's crying about it, yeah. rather than and again, show the people, connect with the people, and then, then look do Look at both that. big picture and see like another big flaw in, in one Four days in October mm-hmm. specifically tackles four days in October. This is an eighty some odd year curse of a franchise, right? And it alludes to things in a really quickly in a, in a smart documentary sense hits them, right? But you know, for the most part, it's these four days. This is what we're focusing on. House of Steinbrenner manages to try to like summarize like the entire fucking history of the Yankees almost. Right. In 51 minutes while also tackling the importance and the controversy of George Steinbrenner and his dipshit son taking over and the stadium and them trying to get one last title and like it's way too much in the same time period. Yeah. Um and it just didn't make for a story. So like like 40s in October like and it was how it was at the time. I remember, like, watching and being, like, amazed that, like, this is actually happening. Uh, to come back from a 3 nothing deficit and fucking... Yeah, because who does that in sports? 
Well, I mean, even like it's maybe even harder, not even harder. I don't know to do in baseball, but it's also with like the fucking Yankees, like the principal. Right, right. And they do a good job in the first like five minutes of um, four days in October of like introing it into like giving you the cliff notes version of like every fucking tortured thing that's happened and like the build up to they're in a three nothing deficit. Um, like, like watching it, like it feeling important. And then when the series is over, it's one of those cases where like you always forget that there was more afterwards. Like that wasn't the world series. They had to go fucking beat the Cardinals in the world series. Same thing with, uh, you don't know this, but the famous, the last time the Red Sox were in the world series in 86, um, Bill Buckner letting the ball go between his legs and them losing game six when they were one out away from winning the World Series. Wow. And it's like, everyone thinks that is like, oh man, like how can you lose the World Series? No, they had, to, they had a game seven they had to go back and lose. Like, you know, so everyone, like once they beat the Yankees, everyone knew like, oh, there's no fucking way they're losing. Like, this is insane. And also it was, it was also a more enjoyable story because it allowed you to connect with more of the principal characters involved. Where yeah. the House of Steinbrenner... You know, like, for the first 20 minutes, it's not about fucking Steinbrenner. It's about this fucking building they're getting rid of. And this guy in his weird-ass mural on yeah, this pillar I, I mean, it was that he wants Derek really... Jeter to come and jerk off on. Um, it was just really and it's non-linear. Just a... And it really just annoyed me. Yeah, because non-linear is a good way to put really it. I really follow it, but then I could because then I went back. Then I couldn't again because then I didn't know... Because they jumped around so much. And it's shocking because, um, so we, the way this whole tangent started, I mean, that's how, how we talk about any movies, is uh, breaking down how a lot of people didn't like Four Days in October because it felt very produced, you know, like Major League Baseball productions, quote unquote. But uh, for, uh, House of Steinbrenner, Barbara Koppel, yeah. she directed one of the greatest documentaries of all time, Harlan County, USA. Right. So it just goes to show, she also, every time I heard her interview people, annoyed the shit out of me. The most annoying voice ever on that lady. Um, not my LVP still. We've talked about a lot of crap people in House of Steinbrenner. Oh, She's not my LVP. No. Again, documentary LVPs and MVPs are difficult to deal with. But, um, Maybe not in this set. <laughs> well, we'll see. Um, but, yeah, uh, four days in October, it gave you time with individual characters. So, like... Yeah. You fucking kind of dig Kevin Millar because you got to see him, you know, shooting the shit before Game Four. You know, kept and talking with his, his camera ass off. And yeah, and see, like his. Well, the thing was, they also yeah, they were recording during this whole process, so that was also unique opportunity. But but I, like, I did like that see... how like they put that in and stuff because yeah. that's something that you see now. Like this was made in two thousand and four. Well, the the series in two thousand and four. This came out in two thousand and. Uh, like 10, 11, something like that. Okay, but it, it does feel a little bit newer and stuff sure. with that, with that um, strategy. I don't know what the word uh, is. I, I get what you're saying. Yeah I, yeah, I don't know the word you're looking for, but I, I kind of get where you're at. Yeah. Um, let's go jump into MVP and LVP things. We're already like talking about personalities and characters. Um, again, for documentaries, it's difficult. A lot of times you're going to go based off of, like, just personal thoughts and opinions, and these people aren't ever going to get MVPs or LVPs ever again, probably. Um, so we'll start with, uh, we'll start with, we'll start with Four Days in October. Okay. Uh, MVP. Um...
I would say... I don't remember the names. I mean, I have an idea. Like, I don't remember the name. Like, and that's yeah. not because I fell asleep or whatever. I wasn't yeah. paying attention. There's just too many names for me to remember because I, I don't know who they are. Um, MVP. When you're the man and you gotta pee. Wait, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What do you, what do you want to eat as MVP? Oh. <laughs> the only person, the only person, you don't have a David Ortiz, Samantha, I hate to tell you. Uh, I'm sorry, what? No, it's just going to end up like sounding like Pablo Chacon. No, Pablo Chacon. Okay. I didn't understand a word he said. <laughs> but I loved him. Big he's, just a, he's just a big fucking warm Let's have some mofongo. <laughs> You're just doing Kenan Thompson and somehow being more offensive. I am not. Do you even know what mofongo is? No, I have no it's idea. Delicious. It's not a real thing, is yes, it? Yes, it is. It's delicious. It's so good. I was just saying he wanted to have more fun. Let's go. No, <laughs> it's an actual food. Cool. <laughs> mofongo? In terms of, here's what I'm going to do for 30 for 30s. Arroz con pollo? On a regular basis. Is? Plantain. Okay, you're done. Because <laughs> now it's getting worse and worse. Is kind of combine... Like, their personalities in interviews, but also, like, their performances. Like... I couldn't understand a word he said, but I liked watching him say things. And he killed it on a regular basis in that series. Clutch home runs, clutch hits. He was probably juiced to the gills. (laughs) It's a big big point of contention among Red Sox fans, if you're listening. Well, not not just, like, sports in general. His name kind of... Is that his name came up on like one everything like back in the day, like when fucking steroids, like they'd have like yeah. reports like oh, 100 people, but like it was just based on like a series of tests that like were collected. They didn't know who was who, it could have been him. So it is what it is. It is kind of weird that somebody that was cut by the Minnesota Twins two years later was like the best fucking power hitter in baseball, wow. but it is what it is. So I would go David Ortiz because everybody else that was telling stories and interviews, mm-hmm. I mean, his interview time and stories was very, very limited. Um, well, because he couldn't speak English. But when he did, he's just so personable and charismatic and he also, on oh, yeah, what he was yeah. doing on the field. Mofongo. You're done. So I'm going to make David Ortiz the MVP of House of Big Tango. Papi. I also like Pedro Martinez just because I always think he's funny. Um, Which one's that? Uh, he was the one with the hair. And mm, he was the one that okay. almost blew it, kind okay, of. Yeah, yeah, they were yeah, so yeah. far ahead. He's always, also just because one of my favorite things of all time is Dave Chappelle talking about Pedro Martinez guiding Don Zimmer's head down as he's charging at him. Um, so I liked him. I always liked Terry Francona, a former skipper of the Cleveland Indians as well. So I'm also biased there. Um, Dave Roberts seemed like a cool guy. Like I said, Kevin Millar seemed uh, pretty cool. Um... Didn't get a lot of Johnny Damon, but... Again, the, the other thing that was, like, I was talking about... Just an uh-huh. eclectic fucking group of people. A bunch of goddamn misfits. They were nicknamed the goddamn idiots. Um, mm-hmm. So, I remember that from one of the signs. Yeah. So it was just kind of fun, you know, for all of them. Uh, Kurt Schilling is an interesting character. Who's this? Uh, Kurt Schilling is the bloody sock guy. Oh, yeah, yeah. The yeah. one with the, with the, the, the Probably the most thing. famous part. The thing I'm, like, surprised that you probably... Didn't see because it was like all over the news. Like this guy played with a bloody sock and it's a sock. People were thinking like the sock was like, like real or not. Um, 
but like, man, is he just like a fucking Republican asshole? He lost all of his money. I mean, like he lost like sixty, eighty million dollars of his own money. Wow. Fucking creating this video game company, just going belly up, and now he just keeps saying outlandish stuff, and like he keeps getting banned from like networks and things. Of course. Uh, he looked drunk and beaten up the entire time, but because everything he did meant like right. how he pitched, and you know, I'm gonna let it go. Um, my LVP. Oh, God. Is a shocking one. Really? My LVP is Bill Simmons. <laughs> really? Yes. I love Bill Simmons. He, to me, is influential. Um, you know, wonderful podcast, terrific writer. Uh, one of my favorites. He has never been an on-camera personality. He's not. That's why Any Given Wednesday didn't work. Um, that's why he didn't work as an NBA analyst. The scene with him and Lenny James, who I love Lenny James because he was my boss for two years at SunTrust. Um, <laughs> shout out to my boss, Mike Murphy. That's true. As Boston and as drunk as you can get. Um, felt very forced. Like, everything else is not from a fan perspective. And it's just like, because he was the executive producer and it was a Boston project, put me in a bar with a fucking Boston guy and we'll just talk. And I, I like what they, I like what Lenny added and like them kind of like breaking it down, but he's just fucking awkward on camera. Like he always feels forced when he laughs. He feels forced when he's talking about things like what he does. He just doesn't look right on camera. Okay. That's the way it's, it's always been. Um, it's not anything hidden. I think he's a good podcast personality and he's a right. terrific writer, but like on camera, he just is unnatural. I mean, it, it shows in this. Yeah. And also, by process, I really don't have anybody else that kind of stood out. Okay. If that's what you think. I mean, I'm really going to defer to you for the most part um, with with these 30 for 30s and stuff because I don't know too much about them yeah. as far as I know to uh, really contribute or make that, that assessment. I mean, I can tell you who I liked and didn't like. Well, that's what I want to go with here, yeah. But. I may hit the MVP of House of Steinbrenner on accident. Um, so for House of Steinbrenner. MVP is difficult. Uh, I want to give it to Derek Jeter just because he's a good-looking man and he's legitimate. Okay. He's like a nice guy, but like he did, he's hardly in the fucking thing. Um, you can't give it to George Steinbrenner because... A-Rod. Not A-Rod. <laughs> Never A-Rod. I honestly don't know who the MVP would be. I like Mariano Rivera, even though he basically comes off like a slave in this. Um... The LVP is Hal Steinbrenner. I mean, if you have to. It's Hal Steinbrenner. He, he just is like a fucking alien, doesn't know what he's doing. The fact that it's sickening that, like, I mean, they haven't won a, a World Series since that last World Series. I mean, they are probably a contender this year because they've finally built the team back up. But everything about him is just so, like, not George in right. the worst way. Right. Like, you can say anything about Steinbrenner. He was pretty shitty fucking person but like he cared about his ball club and he cared yeah, about he his did. fans you can and tell what that. and what you see like the, the only scene i liked was like the fans the first day of the new yankee stadium like the pot the pros and the cons and like people paying like five bucks for tickets like they literally can't see anything right exactly and there's like fucking hard rocks and stuff it's like what this is a ballpark this I is know. weird as shit um but hal steinbrenner just seems so just like disingenuous and fucking corporate and like a cabinet member, 
Uh, <laughs> just was random. Very appropriate. Even even like the fucking like the conversation he has with the director about like you know like oh what are we doing here are we doing this like you know, I think it was a little bit further than what we're going with but like just didn't like him at all okay. and and that's kind of uh, trumpeted by pretty much anybody that's involved with the Yankees like okay. and our Yankee fandom. Uh, so he didn't like him. Still didn't really like George even though like. He was a sweet old man that was kind of, like, crying. Um, that fucking one guy, like I was talking about earlier, who made that weird pillar. Like, who the fuck was that guy? That guy was just weird. Yeah, I know. That was weird. He was, what he was like an old. He was, like, an old ball boy, and now he's, like, a, yeah. like an artist or a writer or something. Author, yeah, an author. Author, I think is what it was, yeah. Um, I do want to look up, I'm going to need to look up on IMDb, like, who else was interviewed. Because there was a couple of the old, like, beat writers who I liked. And a couple of, like, like people they interviewed from Yankee Stadium who I thought were sweet. Like, like all the old people. It was like, I'm 90 years old. I saw, like, a game at Yankee Stadium. That, like, that old guy? Yeah, he was so sweet. And really, the old guy who saw the very first game and then was there with his grandkids and saw the very last yeah, game? That was, was emotional. I mean, and then the uh, same thing with the, uh, the camera guy who was there for, like, 50 years, you know. Um, See, I was awake for a lot of it. Always like Yogi Berra. Yogi Bear is just... I thought he was dead. I think he is dead now. Well, I thought he was dead at the making of this. Yeah, he died in 2015. No, no, no. He's... He, mm. uh, Bob Casas was in this? Okay, well, I can't go based on cast. It says Joe DiMaggio and fucking Lou Gehrig were in this. Uh, well, we should make it... Lu- scenes. Can we just make it Lou Gehrig just based off <laughs> of the, I, the uh, luckiest man in the world um, speech? That was uh, a pretty good speech. I mean, it's the best speech. It's the most famous, like, speech in sports history. Still to this day. Okay. Um, not fucking Keith Olbermann. I did not know that speech. You know the fucking, today, I consider myself the luckiest man. You never saw it before? No. God, what was what your fucking history teacher teaching you? I was like, Not Joe, sports! Like, in health class, like, you can go over, like, ALS and, like, like why it's called Lou Gehrig's disease? Did you know what Lou, who Lou Gehrig was when it was Lou Gehrig's yeah. disease? Um, also, always like Joe yeah. Torrey, the man, the former manager of the New York Yankees. He's always been a stand-up guy. I liked his interviews in here. I, I'm tempted to just go with him because I sure. just like, all right, cool, Joe Torrey. Just to... But no, like, we didn't go over that stuff. Like, in health class, we talked about HIV and AIDS, prevention and protection. Like, that was the large majority yeah, of I guess, it. like, like, ALS isn't something, like, you necessarily, like... Like you know, we contract. didn't talk about that. No? Yeah, so... We didn't talk about feels... that. I don't know. And my... We didn't have, like, sports history in our classes. Our history classes were, like, wars and all that kind of stuff. I always thought... I had this image in my head of going over in history class at some point. I don't know why. Maybe you did. We didn't. It's an IB education. Yeah. When you have nothing else to talk about. <laughs> what else on these two movies? I think Again, they're, they're short documentaries. You know, these podcasts, normally when they come up, are going to be, you know, not super long because you don't have much to add. You can cover a lot of the subject matter, you know, and there's not a lot of, like, film analysis to, to go based off. Even though we got a good, a good chunk here. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so let's, uh, let's rate them and okay. uh, pick the next movie. Did we have expect, did I have expectations? You did, yeah. So we'll start with, uh, we'll start with House of Steinbrenner, because it's the one I have it written here first. Your expectation for House of Steinbrenner was a, uh, a three and a half. 
I mean, it was, I think it, it was okay. I don't, I, you know, it's hard for me to judge these because I'm not really much into it. Mm-hmm. So I can appreciate, like, what it was about, but I don't buy into it. So it's hard for me to, to judge it. You have to go but... based off of, a, like, a film aspect, an enjoyment experience. Well, enjoyment experience is low because... So and then a, an appreciation of... Right, so appreciation in terms of everything. But like you said, I don't... See, like, if I compare the two, I don't think it was as well done as the... 40 days. Agreed. Four days in October. Four days in October. 40 days, 40 40 days in October is impossible. That's what I was going to say. 40 days, 40 nights. Um, so, you know, I'm, I think I'm going to give it, I think I'm going to stick with what uh, my thing was, a three and a half. Three and a half? Yeah. Uh, my expectation, because i never seen it before, my expectation was a six. Fell under my expectations. Just thought it was very mediocre and poorly produced. Um, I mean, so it was okay. Like, you know, like yeah. you gave the info, but I didn't particularly... I think it could have been done better. Yeah. So it was, it was below average for me, so I get one four and a half. So it's going to be an average of four. Okay. For us, that's yeah, okay. Yeah, for four days in October, your expectation was a four and a half. Okay, I think I, I think it was a lot better than that. I think it did a really good job. Mm-hmm. Um, it was entertaining, and I think... Th- the, having those personalities did help too. Like you said, like that. Who Mallard? Kevin Millar. Kevin Millar. He like you know his inputs and when he was filming and that kind of stuff, I liked and I just it was overall more enjoyable. I think so. I'm gonna give it a a six and a half. Six and a half. Okay. Yeah. Um, I need to watch. Shit. Um, what? Just what? End of the match was ridiculous. Uh, oh. Yeah, it's, I didn't have an expectation score because I'd seen it before and I liked it. Um, so I was also going to give it a six and a half. Perfect. Uh, because it's, again, like I said, my qualms about it were that it didn't feel incredibly 30 for 30. Like, I have a high expectation. Right, right. It didn't feel up to that same level, but it was so good. It felt like something that the Major League Baseball Network would put on at 8 o'clock on a Sunday, the weekend before the season starts, because they have the footage and they just kind of put it together. Right, It wasn't like a passion project. That's the other thing was like, you know, like people, like they went to directors and said, do you like sports? I love sports. What do you love about sports? I love this. Tell that story. Right. This was just, oh, we need to fucking, we want to tell this story. Have baseball put it together. You know? Yeah, yeah. So, um, right, cool. So six and a half for four days in October. So neither one is good as hoop dreams. Right? We should make a sports documentary power ranking. Uh, or we could pass. We could pass. Um, go ahead and open that box. Oh, it's your God. turn to draw. I please, oh Lord, please. If we get another damn baseball related movie. I'm gonna freak out. Yeah, I'm good without a documentary for a little while. Doesn't want to leave the box. Great. What are you hoping for Just here? Just read it. So it's another sports-related movie. Okay. It's not a documentary. Okay. I don't think it's documentary. It'd be really weird if it was a documentary. Teen Wolf. Kingpin. Oh, yes. Kingpin is one of my favorites. Yeah. Hell yes. Kingpin It's a good... It's, 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 a, it's okay. Kingpin. Better than a documentary, I'll say, I guess. Kingpin is not a documentary. <laughs> Look, it could be. It is not. You've seen Kingpin before. Yeah, I've okay. seen Kingpin. Like, long, 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 long time ago. Oh, I love fucking Kingpin. Spoiler alert, I fucking love Kingpin. 
Um, Spoiler alert. I don't. You don't love... How can you... I don't love it. We'll get to it. Save it for next week. Or the week afterwards, because we have to watch. Or the week after that, we have to watch Chaperone. Augie's dead, so we're never gonna watch the other. <laughs> no, he's not. Thank you for listening to this episode of Married with Movies. We encourage you, as always, to check out the podcast on arcadeaudio.net. Support the network and the show by visiting Patreon.com/arcadeaudio. We'll have some bonus content up there sometime in the near future, uh, from us specifically. But there's always bonus content there for you if you like all the other shows. Follow us on social media at Mary W. Movies. Follow us on uh, uh, Facebook, facebook.com slash Movies, And send us an email, Movies at gmail.com. Any final thoughts? Can't, just, can't keep you away from the sports. Mofongo. Arroz con pollo. I don't know anymore. Spanish foods, really, so I can't really do it. You literally just pulled up the fucking Pollo Tropical menu and just started reading it. Oh, yeah, I can do that. No, for mullet. This is mullet. Signing up for this episode of Mary Movies. We'll catch you next time on the couch. Slash the movies. Stop, stop, stop. The movies. The movies. The movies? The movies. The movies. The movies. The documentaries. Or movies too. Well, we did have a debate on that. The movies. We they weren't in the box originally, when this whole thing first came together. Because most of them are made for TV movies. So technically, they don't count. But then some of the a lot of them get released for award consideration. I they're guess. Fucking, they're movies. Well, I guess, but you know, I was thinking of that too. Like if we didn't do like made for TV movies, like or straight to DVD. A lot of these um, Disney sequels and stuff we wouldn't do. The movies. Start spreading the news. I'm leaving today I want to be a part of it New York, New York These vagabond shoes Thank you for playing Arcade Audio. Play more at arcadeaudio.net.